blowing through the money like you growing cheese. I've been f***ing on a French say la vie. I just put them on a jet, now they all Italian. Way I'm dressing till I've been to a thousand. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Um, look. All I'm, we, I'm just going to make this one final point. We can move on from uh, last because we didn't even really talk to Saints in Carolina, which that was no game really to write home to with anyway. But, however, um, look, the bottom line is I'm not telling you that all of a sudden that they're going to stop running the ball altogether. The bottom line is there is nobody on the Cleveland roster that is Nick Chubb or even close Nick Chubb. He's one of those running backs that you just can't replace and running back by committee don't. And I know the guy had a long run last night and he came in. When coordinate when there's DNA put out there and you got two to three days of game plan, it's a lot different for the backup running back and who you have backup coming in compared to when you're just coming out in the middle of the game and we spent all week comparing for Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb's got his leg twisted the other way, his knee twisted all the way around. So the point of it is, is no matter what Cleveland Brown fan thinks or know what the deal is, I've seen football enough. Stefanski is going to have to put the ball in his best player's hand. And it has nothing to do about because we're paying him or just because you're making this money. We've got to let you know he and Mari Cooper will become the best two offensive players. I know they got that young kid over there. But the bottom line is you're putting him in the position to see how the whole reason why you give up three first rounds and pay the guaranteed money because you're hoping that you're getting a guy similar to where he was in Houston now granted he's walking into a situation where there's a foundation laid with Chubb Chubb's not there anymore Chubb might not ever be there anymore for all we know pray to not this could be career ending injury for Very Chubb possible Very so possible. the though the bottom line is if Stefanski knows this is a crucial year for him he's gonna go down with what he feels like is his best chance to win and due to the fact that you said he threw the ball so much last night that tells you right there to give you a look that there will be a run there still be the run but there Deshaun Watson is going to be asked to do a little bit more now that Chubb's not there I think the reason why you saw him turn to Watson so much last night again it just it, it goes to the time in Cleveland it just goes goes to Stefanski's entire time in Cleveland to where I believe that they've tried to make more out of the quarterback because you drafted the guy first overall. He's got to he's got to be the franchise guy. You're trying to you're trying to fit a uh, a square peg into a round hole, and it's not gonna fit because because you're forcing something. Let the let you you go out and get a Deshaun Watson so, you, so because you want him to be the difference in the fourth quarter. Not that he needs to carry the whole game. Does not you care you just game. you need him to be the difference when the game is on the line. That's why you. That's why. That's why we pay these quarterbacks. This money is to win. It's, okay. Right. So if you're talking about Kevin Stefanski wants to is, is looking for to for the opportunity to win the win the most games in, the, in a year where he's on the his, his head is on the chopping block, then you play to your team's strengths, not to where the not to where the wallet is the money's being spent. To your team's strength, and the team's look, strength if, is no longer if, there. If you look, if you look That's at the point, if you, it, it is the running game is still there. The money that you spent on that offensive line, in terms of run blockers, is still there. A system can work. I'm not saying that it's going to look the same as Nick Chubb, okay? Because again, top two running back in in the NFL, especially over the last five years, they put all the stats up there last night on the broadcast. If you were watching, okay, as of just how special he is. 
But you can you can work court, uh, work running backs in there, and then when it comes down to third and short, or, or third and me- medium, then then that's when you turn. To, I that, guess the, the hold on. That's when ahead. you turn to your two hundred and sixty million dollar quarterback, and you ask him to pick it up because you because you ran the ball. And for two downs, it didn't didn't pick it up. You go. Now I'm not saying you just go every time one two pass, one two pass, one two pass. But that's your strength is running running the ball and defense, especially as you're trying to acclimate Deshaun Watson to his teammates, to the city, to the weather, to whatever it is that you're trying to acclimate him to. And your head is on the chopping block. I'm looking at New York, and I'm saying the same thing. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore. So you so but you can still do what you should have done. Exactly. And when you go to the no, hold on, because I I know what you're saying. When you go to Zach Wilson, bro, Zach has not been in nobody's MVP conversation at all. Zach doesn't have three first rounds given up to him for 240 million. You cannot compare to what they're doing with Zach, or they got to look. Look, yes, I can't. No, you can't, man. Because Zach Wilson is not is not. Listen, man. Look, let me tell you. When you if you look at the history of the NFL. Okay, when I hear what you're saying, I'm going to give you facts. When you look at the NFL, quarterbacks get paid like the the teams that get paid quarterbacks or have one of those guys they think one of those guys and Cleveland traded for Deshaun and gave up that because they thought he was one of those guys that could compete in the MVP conversation. When you have one of those guys, the offense starts with them. The exceptions are where you're programmed in and most Cleveland brands are flowed in because you've had this guy, Nick Chubb. He's not there anymore. It's not about, so, hold on. It's not about Cleveland fans. It's not about, did we because, look across the NFL. Let's look across look it. Across and I'm going to prove my point look, to you. Look across the NFL and quarterbacks are making stupid money. It's inflated. Like you said, everybody's getting paid like they're the best. And it's just year over year. But what they're being paid for is to be the difference. If you look in New York, even, even with Aaron Rodgers on the field, with Aaron Rodgers on the field, they were supposed to be running that ball better. That's why they go out and they pick, out Dal- pick up Dalvin Cook. That's why they get Brees Hall. Because you do the need a de- running game. The defense but where was the, the offense going to start from, but, but Jonas? You, but it was you, going to start from number eight in Aaron Rodgers. shouldn't, uh, again, and this is maybe, maybe this is Hackett's approach. And maybe this is the way that because we're looking at the whole league backwards. And you want to de- – you're talking about de- – I'm telling you, I'm not look, I'm telling you how talk, the reality you're, you're, is. You're talking about devaluing the running back position. No. Okay, and, we, and these guys are making – they, they should be making $20 million like, like, the, like the wide receivers and $30 million like the quarterbacks. Okay? Talk about devaluing you're – deva- you're devaluing an entire part of the offense no, here. No, no. Well, and if you look in New York, they should be – Able to because they're built that way. Maybe and you're I, un- misunderstanding to, to, what I'm to trying to say. Rely on the run game and a strong defense. That's the way they're Before built. Before we move and on, Aaron Rodgers was brought in to be a difference let, let, maker let me, when you need let, him. Let, let, let me let, let me go ahead and just. It's not because of what Calvin sees it or how Calvin. It's about the way the league works. The reality of it is, is that when you have a special running back and a special talent, which we both agree Nick Chubb is, you can become and you have the luxury to become if you want to, if you're challenged at the quarterback position or whatever the case may be, a run centric team first when you have that guy. It's not about me devaluing the running back position. It's not about saying that, hey, you got to throw it 50, 60 times now to win a game. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is that when you go for less than perfect, since you want to go around and look at the league, let's look at the league. Let's go to Nashville. Let's go to Tennessee. For the last three or four years or since we known, uh, since he came out of Tuscaloosa, what has Tennessee's offense been centrated and started behind? Derrick Henry. Not Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill ain't making chopped liver. He ain't making all Patrick Mahomes money, but he ain't chopped liver. He's still at that position that's overflated. 
The point that I'm trying to tell you is not that I'm telling you this is how it should be. I'm telling you the reality how it is. When you think you have one of these guys and your organization that you root for and Jimmy Haslam decided Deshaun Watson, when he got in the mix with Atlanta, got tired of striking out, tired of the history being the butt of the jokes of Cleveland, we can't find a quarterback. He gave up that money and gave up that power to get that guy that he thought it was. And when you, whether you're Patrick Mahomes, whether you're Deshaun Watson, whether you're Jalen Hurts or whoever the case may be, when you feel that you got that guy in the National Football League, the offense starts around them. You have an outlier when you have a Derrick Henry, when you have a Chubb. And what I'm telling you is I don't care who's on your second, third, or fourth depth chart. They're still going to be able to run the ball. The Cleveland Browns still have a top three, top four offensive line. But the reality, what I'm telling you is the game plan going forward is going to start with Deshaun Watson. And you don't pay because the thing of it is you, you're, you're living in the life when you bring up Zach Wilson. There's a lot of people that tell you Zach Wilson's a game manager. Patrick Mahomes is never going to be named a game manager. And there's nothing wrong with that title, but I'm just giving you the world we live in. Deshaun Watson, three first rounds, 200-some million guaranteed, just because Chubb goes on, is not going to be sitting there. No, you just be there when we need you to make a difference in the game. No, we're asking you to right this ship to make plays and got to win the game. You, unfortunately, you need both. You need to make plays from the pocket to win a Super Bowl, and you got to have a quarterback that makes plays through the pocket, and you've got to have a running game. I'm just telling you is that that Deshaun Watson falls in the seat now of 1B as the best offensive player along with Amari Cooper, along with a, a serviceable, probably underrated tight end that Cleveland has. A couple other receivers that's jumping on the scene that there should be some weapons. It's not coincidence that all of a sudden we look up, damn, this is a defensive battle, but Deshaun threw the game ball over 30 times. Yeah, when Deshaun, the, the, the game plan went out the window when Nick Chubb goes. And what happens is, is when you have teams that game plan, there's other defensive coordinators that are getting checks too. When you know to say, okay, we got to prepare for this running back. Okay, it's different parent, uh, preparing for uh, Nick Chubb than guy number two or three. It's different preparing for Emmitt Smith than it is from guys two or three. That's all I'm saying. I'm not telling you that they've got to abandon the run. They can't run the ball. What I'm telling you in your world saying like, hey, man, we pay. you just got to win. We want you to be there and be the – don't be the focal – it don't work that way. Not when you think you have one of those guys. The offense starts with Justin Hibbert and then Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler is a nice complimentary. He's out now. We'll see what's happening. But it's still going to start with Justin Hibbert. He's a nice Patrick Mahomes switching out receivers, Pacheco there, another running, a, a, a layer. It starts with Patrick when you have those guys. Not every team has the luxury with that. The Jets don't have that luxury with Zach Wilson. If Aaron Rodgers was there, yes, they kicked the tires on Delvin Cook. They had uh, no, they uh, have they, Delvin. Uh, I mean, Cook. yes, they kicked the tires. They got Delvin. They got the other guy. At the end of the day, the offense was going to start with Aaron Rodgers. With Garrett Wilson. That's all I'm telling you. I'm not trying to sell you. Say, oh, man, there goes the running game. Cleveland can't run the ball. No, I'm telling you the reality of it is you're going when you have one of those guys and Deshaun was paid and we believe he's one of those guys in these situations, you're going to lead on him. It's going to start with him. The, 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 and you're going to give all these guys moment in years. Then just fire any coach dealing with a quarterback, an offensive coordinator or head coach dealing with a quarterback in their first year. Just go ahead and sign them. For, no, uh, well, you bring up one thing. Block. You bring up one thing. Let me clarify myself about the mulligan. Let me clarify this. I'm not saying a mulligan, mulligan for. Let me clear this for the listeners. I'm not saying a mulligan year because oh, we can't criticize Deshaun because this is just a freebie year. No, what I'm saying is the reality of it is he Stefanski was there before he got there. 
What did Aaron Rodgers leave Green Bay for? Because he wanted control. He wanted more say-so. He got it with Hackett. He got whatever. What are they giving Patrick? Even though he's got enter he's got some say-so. Deshaun Watson, if it doesn't work, and it could be. Stefanski could be there for the next four or five years. I'm not telling you he's going to get fired, but I'm telling you the reality of it is if Deshaun doesn't look well and he's got guaranteed money and we do have a history of organization that can't pick quarterbacks in Cleveland, the reality of it is it's like, all right, man, it didn't work. It's the fancy's fault. And I'm not telling you it's right, but that's the way it's going to go down. And they're going to say, hey, Deshaun, we got some candidates. Who, who, who do you like? We're thinking about this offensive coordinator. We're thinking of that offensive coordinator. Deshaun's going to get a say-so in that. So when Deshaun gets to handpick his guy, Stefanski, and I've told you this before a hundred times, if Stefanski gets fired, they are going to lean on Deshaun on what kind of offense do you want to? Like Dwayne just alluded to, Bill O'Brien ran a spread. Hey, Deshaun, do we want to run more things that you were doing in Houston? So when he picks his next head coach and he comes out and delivers the same stats he's doing for two weeks and there's no performance there, then it's like, okay, you know what? We bought a lemon. This was a bust. This was a bad contract. Until that happens, that's what I mean by him having a mulligan year. Not that he's, you know, uh, you know, above, above criticism because he's going to get criticized. But the reality of it is, is that it'll be Stefanski's fault. And then it'll be like, hey, Deshaun, what do you want? Now, when he gets to pick his guy, then it's a situation like, hey, man, you got what you wanted. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not telling you that y'all can't run the ball. I'm not saying Stefan's going to throw it 50, 60 times. The reality of it is you go in the NFL, and if you've got – not everybody got those guys. Zach Wilson's not that guy. Ryan Tannehill's not that guy. I'm talking about when you have what we've seen the best of a Deshaun Watson, a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert. When you got a birth, it starts with those guys. That's what you're paying them for. That's why they're getting the big bucks. That's why you really need that to have a chance to win. Because you can have Walter Payton, you can have Roger Craig, you can have Emmitt Smith. And this, if you don't have a quarterback that can win games that is a threat to the defense, you cannot win. So that is just the reality, and Stefanski knows that. And I think any coach would know that. You're, I would, If I'm going to go down, man, I'm going to go down with what I got is best. I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, man, just because the team was built with the offensive line and we lost Chubb, well, hey, man, I've got what am I, what am I paying this guy guaranteed for? If that's the case, maybe you could have stuck with Baker Mayfield. You could have signed a veteran and you could have just stuck it to, hey, we're going to be, we're going to save money at the quarterback position. And then because we don't have one of those guys, we can just have a guy that manages and go. That's not what Haslam chose for Cleveland. You keep bringing it back to the money. And that's what I'm saying. The money in the quarterback position is what's driving these decisions. The money and the talent. I'm bringing it back but, to both. But it's not the talent. And I'll tell you right now, and you can probably you can probably have this conversation. Tune into stations across them across America today. You think that Deshaun Watson is the most talented player on that on that offense, and I'm telling you, he's not. I'm going to tell you right now here today, Deshaun Watson. Okay, since the, there's no chub, then who is it? The 2023 version that we have, because he's not the 2020. You understand? Right. I'm not 2020 version. I'm not 2019 version. Okay. He is not the best offensive player on that team, okay? I he's think, not playing like it, but potentially on paper he is uh, outside I, you, of Chubb. I'm not gambling on potential, okay? Especially if, if, especially if, I'm, if I'm a head coach that has to make the decisions, that has to put together an offensive game plan. I'm not gambling my career, my future on potential. No, I'm going with what, I got, with what I've got. I've got two, again, I've got two Pro Bowl, and two. Uh, I think they've even both made all pro. Offensive lineman on that line. Okay, so, I have a I have a system that's built around three tight end sets. Why did why did I develop this system? Because it's built about running the ball first, 
And that's about being able to pick up and, and you can do the option. You can you have that's why you go out and you get a quarterback with athleticism like Deshaun Watson. And is to be has to have more creative flexibility. And you have a proven winner from Clemson from his sense. time in Houston. Listen, you make sense in the way you're breaking it down, but the reality of it is that you're kind of in denial with is that decision was out the window when you gave up what you gave up and gave again, him that money. You, because you're bringing and this because is, that's, and, he's no, that guy. No, but but this is this again. This is the problem with the NFL today. This is the problem with your running back position not getting paid. This is the problem. So. This is the problem with the inflated quarterback con- contracts. So. Is because we're looking at it as to where the money's being spent. So you, through two weeks, on. so and through two weeks, you I need return on investment uh, okay, so, now. Okay, so that's why so, we're turning so, over head so, coaches. So in two look weeks, in Denver, so, New York. So, so look in look two in weeks. Cleveland. So look in two weeks. You want to put the kibosh on the fact that Deshaun is just who he is. Y'all bought a lemon. That Cleveland traded for lemon. This is this is the best that the this is the best that we're going to see in Deshaun Watson through two weeks. You and the rest of Cleveland fans have made that decision. No, he's not. But he's not supposed to be throwing the ball forty. The offense is not supposed to be built around Deshaun Watson. He's supposed to be an electric piece of that offense for sure, just like he was down down in in Houston. But right, but the thing is, Jonas, you, this was done in free agency, bro. Y'all didn't build this team through the draft by drafting Deshaun Watson. So the whole narrative of what this team was built for, in my opinion, it kind of changed the day that Deshaun Watson got up there, and it damn sure didn't change since Nick Chubb is gone. That's all my opinion. We can move on. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. All right, today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. 
All right, two words are key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. But make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in different flavors. And also, even though we're getting into the fall, and technically we're a few days from that first, you know, fall winter season, it's still blazing hot with Zing Zang's bloody, bloody blazing bloody Mary mix. There you go. Eventually get it out. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. But whatever you do, don't forget always to Zing Zang responsibly. But anyway, uh, we'll see how it plays out. We've got, like I said, 15 of these uh, games left. I'm not really ready to bail on Deshaun yet. Um, I, I've watched this game too long to know how things go. And also know when you have one of those guys, it, it, it's a potential to be like, hey, we want to bring the greatest out him to get. And if Stefanski can't do it, there will be another coach that I believe out there that will bring the better out of Deshaun Watson if Stefanski can't do it. And the living proof of that is two weeks uh, through two weeks of Denver and the Broncos, even though the wins don't show up. But like I said, I had no idea that they led the league in points per possession. And that's what they do. So and that's night and day from what that that wasn't even close of anything for what you've seen last year. So that proves to you, that even though there's not showing up in results and there's some mistakes that Sean has made, definitely from personnel mistakes early on that I believe decisions, not running the ball later. But the one thing you can't deny it shows you true coaching does make a difference. And when you have one of those guys and they've had it because I'm always from the even in regular life. You know, like, because I'm cut from that cloth. Once you achieve something, once you've proven you can do something, it is stupid for people to doubt that person that they can do or capable of. Because once you reach that level, it's in you. It just depends on can you dig deep to get it? Can somebody help? Is there something that changes your life to bring it out? And I think that is still in there in Deshaun Watson because, for one, he's still young. That's just my opinion on that. 877-37-GRIND. But moving on, a couple other things. So we left a lot of meat on the bone today, especially with the interview with Eric Brown uh, and kind of getting you know caught up in this whole thing because I think it's worthy because, again, Nick Chubb is one of the best players in the league. And when you lose him and like that, I think it is going to dominate the news because not a, just a trickle-down effect of what it has to the 2023 Cleveland Browns, but really what it has to the sport in that position and really the timing of it because I'll just hit that home what I was trying to preach all summer. This is the reason why Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list. Not because his ankle back, because he doesn't want to take the field at 2.3, because he's never getting that money. He's never going to get really what his worthy was, even if he can come back and be a shell of himself, speaking of Nick Chubb. But moving on, though, moving on from that, um, I know Casey Rob mentions like, Jonas is shocking me today. I thought he didn't care about the running back position, and now everything's centered around Chubb. I mean, that, that's the way it's kind of coming. I know that's not what you're saying, but I think that's the way it's coming across because that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're running Deshaun- offenses through quarterbacks as opposed to the running game, then you're devaluing the running back position. I just think that the one there's a lot of things Jonas says devaluing the running back position, and I think that's at the bottom. It comes back to because, like you said it all summer, they're, you think they're a dime a dozen. Uh, you think that basically because of where the game is going, uh, they're, they, they kind of not are the same. So we don't need to rehash that. So the bottom line of it is, though, is that you need to run – the ball to be able to win but the reality has been like this for 30 years 40 years I watched it it's going to be like that for 20 years and the NFL quarterback contracts have not always been out of whack but the thumb of the rule of National Football League is that when you've got a special guy at the quarterback position normally the offense starts with them period and I we wouldn't even be having this, this conversation if Nick Chubb was still healthy because I've never fought you on the way about the run first because Nick Chubb's that special when you can't say in one breath he's special and the other one like no man we still can do we can just plug in this guy because offensive line no no and I'm not saying too that Deshaun needs to go and throw 50 60 times a game but moving forward uh, the other game that took place last night uh, the uh, you know it's sad that we're taking this long but it wasn't that exciting but the Saints in Carolina um, look um 
you know, the Saints through two weeks, uh, the concerns, even though they won the game, the concerns I have for them uh, pretty much is the fact that their offense, too, um, has not looked as crisp as they did opening, coming to the opening drives that the ones got um, in the NFL, uh, in the preseason, excuse me. Um, that's a concern. The defense is still there. Uh, you know, Dennis Allen, that's what he does. He's a defensive-minded coach. He has them playing at a high level right defensively. Um, on the other side, the losing side with Carolina, um, look, you know, this goes in a situation to where you know, with Bryce Young, I've had it in the docket. I meant to get to it earlier, but I am starting to have a little concerns, and it's early because I don't want to react to everything over just two weeks, but I am starting to have some concern the fact that maybe he got drafted, the organization he got drafted to, because there's really no signs, and I know they're under different ownership. I get that, different general manager, but there's really no signs of this organization having any history of really developing young quarterbacks. And I know Frank Wright is supposed to be part of this, you know, quarterback whisper category. Uh, but number one, that's one. Putting that aside, this just comes down to a weapons thing. I'm sorry. You know, I, Adam Thielen's had a great career. Uh, but Adam Thielen is not really no longer really a number one receiver. And I don't even know if he really ever was just because the fact that it worked in that system he has. But Adam Thielen is you got to give Bryce Young more weapons and you the one thing you got to do. And this has a lot to do, even though maybe you can't correlate the injury he's dealing with now to what I'm about to say. But this also has somewhat to do with the struggles of the health of Joe Burrow, because they've never really made a true hard hustle to go ahead and build that offensive line. It's not sexy to do, and it needs patience to do that. But I think when I look at the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young needs better protection. He needs better weapons. And who knows if Frank Wright is really going to be the guy that's going to be with him for years to go. So I think that's really what you're going to get with Carolina because also, again, the theme of my theme of in the NFL has always been coaching matters. This is a team that's pretty much almost the same but supposed to have a little bit more talent but it's almost the same as Steve Wilkinson, and they won like five out of the last six games, and this team doesn't resemble anything like that team that Steve coached. Now, I'm not trying to throw shade at Frank Wright. I'm just telling you what I see. Because normally teams that finish the season and talk about five out of six, nine times out of ten, they ain't starting the season 0-2. Detroit didn't start the season 0-2. They went on a winning streak around. So when I look at that, I look at the pieces around Bryce Young and I look at Frank Wright in general. So that's my concerns looking at that particular situation in that game. But it's again, it's week two. I think Bryce Young's going to be an NFL quarterback, but he's up against it because he has no line. He doesn't have any protections. They can't really run the ball that good. And that's just what it is. And, and, and he's going to have to go through those lumps. But there's a lot of greats that went on eventually to be greats. They had to go through lumps their rookie year. 877-37-GRIND. Another thing, I, I'm probably going to end up uh, parlaying my Denver situation because tomorrow is really more you'll get them to meet the media. Uh, Sean probably, probably spoke today, but I'll get more into his comments because I think, and I'm going to save this take for tomorrow, but this is an interesting spot where Denver falls facing the Miami Dolphins considering what's surrounding Vance Joseph and that defense and where they're at right now. But we'll probably probably have to get to more of that tomorrow because I do want to get to this point that I meant to get to yesterday, and that's Jerry Jones. Um, Jerry Jones made some comments 
Um, and it's kind of the timing of this. It kind of goes to where we talked about last week or two with this suit and this lawsuit, um, you know, from former NFL network employee who sued uh, the league and saying that, you know, part of his you know firing, he believes the owners wanted him out uh, based on the fact that he was spreading the word about the lack of adversity in the NFL. And ownership. So to me, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt anyway, because the timing of Jerry Jones coming out and saying these comments. But to paraphrase it for you, Jerry says that, you know, he's all for and all moving forward for diversity in ownership, minority ownership. And basically, I'm going to sit there and roll my eyes and say, yeah, okay. For one, what I just told you, the timing of this coming out. Number two, me knowing the power that Jerry Jones has had since he's on the Dallas Cowboys, especially after the three Super Bowls. Let me remind you, this is the owner who oversees majority of sponsorship deals with the NFL, not with the Cowboys. I'm talking about on the NFL level. This is the same guy who sat in a courtroom with Robert Goodell, Robert Goodell and Robert Kraft. When it came down to the TV networks and cable networks, this is about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. But when it came down to the, I never forget, it was a Green Bay and Dallas game. They were both undefeated. I think it was like week eight. It was a matchup. I remember there was a fallout between the cable companies at that time, Tom Warner, some other major cable companies. Jerry Jones was right there to get that deal done in the 24th hour. Jerry Jones is also the guy that when Kroenke wanted to go ahead and purchase land, when he first went ahead and acquired the St. Louis Rams, when he also on the cool wanted to go and purchase that land out in L.A., Jerry Jones was the guy that went ahead and said, okay, I'm going to assist to go ahead and make that happen. When Mark Davis decided that he really had enough of Oakland and he wanted to go ahead and make that decision to go to Las Vegas, Nevada, Jerry Jones was the guy that facilitated that assistance with him and basically made that happen. My point is with all those examples, if Jerry really was passionate and really wanted to go ahead and extend or make minority ownership a priority in this NFL, it would have been done that. He would have been done that. Now, you can sit there and say, well, Calvin, it's all better late than never. Right. Facts. But the reality of it is, is that don't sit there and try to fool me and pull the okie doke. The timing of these comments, because when it comes down to it, we just had a franchise sale in the Washington Commanders. Ursay was the one that made it verbally known that they had to get rid of Daniel Snyder. He put it out there. A lot of owners felt it, but he's the one out there that said it. Behind closed George Jerry Jones is the one that facilitated the votes because they got caught with Snyder got his hand in the cookie jar was stealing for money or holding back revenue that he was supposed to be sharing other owners. They got him done. All the threats about, oh, I got dirt on Jerry, all that. None of that was proven correct. The reality of it is, is that Jerry, if he really wanted to with this, why he could if this was something that has been on his mind, they want to do. He could have been made it known to the rest of his partners. And said, listen, the Washington commanders of sale, we need to comb the earth and find out who's the best fit and capable African-American or Latino or Asian majority owner. To uh, purchase the Washington commanders. He didn't do it. 
So I just take it as a grain of salt in the timing of these comments if I really believe. And I've got a lot of respect for Jerry. You know, everybody knows how I feel about that organization in general. I, I You know, growing up, before I got in the business, I can't say I don't like them. You know, but I think as I got older and more business minded, I had more respect. I grew for Jerry. But stop it with me on this one because you got too much control. I've always said that, man. He's one of the godfathers of the NFL. And, he, and he's rightfully so. He should be. This is a guy that's in the Hall of Fame already as an owner. There ain't too many owners that get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, one of them, the Rooney family. I mean, there's a very few that are fortunate to get into the Hall of Fame. You have to really contribute to the NFL. And I think Jerry has definitely contributed to the NFL. All these teams would never be able to go ahead and generate their own local advertising endorsement dollars if it wasn't Jerry fighting at that time, Pete Rosell, you know, all the other owners, Mark Davis, everybody, when he brought Phil Knight in on the Nike situation. So he's done a lot. And that's the reason why I know it's sliding into first base. If it really meant to you, there's been many opportunities in regards to my own, uh, uh, you know, minority ownership. And you can't tell me this league of the National Football League that's made up of more than 70% African-American players that they put enough effort into that that they do making this game international, selling it outside American soil, going ahead and doing this. We're going to play games of this. They ain't putting in tenth of the effort if they really want to fix and have it because there's capable minority owners out there, black, Hispanic, and African-American. I pay attention to Forbes list. I know business side that have the type of money that have groups to get and own a majority of an NFL team, but the good old boy network, they haven't really allowed it. And like I said, if it wasn't for really getting to the whole uh, breaking down of recapping Sunday and uh, Saturday college football yesterday, I would have got to this yesterday. Because out of all the things that he said, to all the things that recently, that's one like, seriously, Jerry, like you really going to try to sell that, that you really care about and you really are an advocate for minority ownership in the NFL when there's been opportunities and their damn was an opportunity just in the last calendar year. That's what I'm, that's my opinion on that. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven. But now that he's put it out there, though, now that he's put it out there, though, it's like, OK, well, show us. If, I, if I'm an executive or if, if I'm an NFL player, if I'm a minority NFL player or minority GM or I'm out there basically a part of a, a group or a group of investors that are minority led, if ever I'm going to pay attention to the NFL going forward now and Jerry Jones actions, I'm going to do it now because he's put it out there. Let's see. Let's see. 877-37-GROUND. What you got? Well, for that to happen, a team would have to come up come up for sale right and i'm telling you we just had one in washington well we we just had one yeah, yeah. no and i'm telling but, but but you'd have to project and forecast okay what's the next team to go up for sale well yeah or you can push for the league to talk about expansions if you want to i mean i'm just telling you that when you say there was you're right you're absolutely right there was one that just up to sale and they had the opportunity they didn't the closest thing they did is they accepted a group that had a minority businessman that's very respected in the sports world and business world by the name of magic johnson but he's not majority owner Fake hustle. Fake hustle. Well, the reason why I bring that up, though, is because, we, yes, we just got done with one. So if you want to see the action, if you want to see Jerry implement this, and we don't know how much time Jerry's got to implement this, but if you want to see him put his money where his mouth is and, and do the go through the action, then I feel like we'd have to push for it. Because I don't see another team coming up for sale, then you're almost asking Jerry Jones 
to get behind expansion and accelerate this process for whether it's going to be in Spain, Germany, London, Mexico, or some other city in the U.S. And if you're really serious about doing something, you'll do it. If you can sit here and press the game to be global, like they're playing football on so many other continents, if you're really passionate about this and say, I want to see this, there's actions, whether it's the next team. Like I said, it's, I can't give them a pass for that, man, because Washington's been trying to sell for the last two years. And I just, that's why I laid out a list of things that I know Jerry's been responsible for in the National Football League to let the average listener out there know the power he's got. It's not just about the power of the Cowboys. It's a power over the shield. So my thing is like, I ain't, yeah, you're right. We just got to say, well, that's a missed opportunity. And you're right. If it, if it, that means much to you, you'll talk about it, continually talk about it at your winter meetings when they meet every time at the Super Bowl afterwards. And if it needs to be expansion, because they've done it before, then make an expansion. That's not that hard. You think national, there's a lot of cities and states out there that would be starving for a national football league. You know what that will do for the economy? So that ain't nothing that you got to move mountains to do. It's cap, as the youngsters say. It's lies told on Twitter. It's PR move. Oh, I'm naming the lawsuit. Well, I ain't never knew nothing about that. Oh, man, you know, I want minorities. I want them to hire. All right, Jerry. All right, Jerry. And this comes off the same hills that you had a former owner. I don't know, current, but I think former Bills owner. To sit, they say if they don't like it, they can go back to Africa. Current owner. There you go. Better yet. If they don't like it, they can go back to Africa. It's just amazing that there's still a, a, a section of people that just basically deem that Africa just so horrible. That they that just ship them back there. Yeah, I wonder why Jerry's coming out now and putting that out there. It's a PR move. Speaking of putting it out there, oh, well, first of all, let me answer, answer. Shelby T. James had a question. Cal, your take on what's going to Facebook Live. Shelby TJ, Cal, your take on what's going on, a bigger story. Alabama's losses or Colorado wins? Um, I say still bigger story, Colorado wins. Uh, Alabama, uh, first of all, this has been not news breaking, but they're not going to win every year. They're, you know, they're expected to compete for a national championship. But the other thing that's not breaking news, they don't have a quarterback. They, they didn't have a quarterback in training camp, again, uh, in spring ball. And they've yet to decide. Well, they've decided now they're going back to the original guy they started with. But that's the problem. I think the bigger surprise, uh, Shelby, because we've seen Alabama have some struggles, but we haven't seen really what Coach Prime is doing in just a few months or one less than a calendar year with the University of Colorado. So I would definitely say uh, – Colorado's wins. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Eric Brown for checking in and doing that interview with us. Special thanks to him. Other than that, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. <laughs> 